Hello, you're listening to The Batch Signal, your podcast, favorite podcast, aka the number one podcast in this crew. <laughs> my name is Dylan, I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by my radiant, perfect, incredible best friend, co-host Kate, and we're here to talk about all things Batch today. And uh, so Kate, tell us, where, where, where are we going first? What's on the agenda? Tonight, we are screaming about clawing our <laughs> hair out over uh, Claire's night two, or week one, I guess, depending on your, I don't know how we break it down. I guess I agree. Week one. Yeah. Claire's week one. So uh, what's, your, what's your vibe check? So I left the first episode mm-hmm. pretty sad and incensed. I'm pretty low. Um, actually, and de- kind of <laughs> devastated <laughs> by how upsetting it was. Uh, fortunately, this time I was less sad um, mm-hmm. and and more, uh, just more kind of intrigued. I think you know, like I think this episode raised a lot of broader questions to me and sort of speculation about like what is what is the game plan here by like the powers that be like what is really going on because because you know like it, on the on some on one level it seems really transparent what they're doing and so i'm just kind mm-hmm. of wondering like what what is sort of the logic been thinking behind some of these choices um and i think probably because it was so hard to just to get into like the the details of what was happening because it all seems so like such bs um so you know so for me i i'm interested but i was having a hard time, I was just kind of like, come on, like, and I have a theory about that. I, I feel yeah. like it's intentional and, and I, I can't wait to offer that theory, but I kind of want to yes. wait a little bit to the end um, because it's kind of, it's, 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 it's new. It's new anyway. So yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. Still super annoyed, um, intrigued, like confused, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I'm present. Like I'm, I'm stick. you know, I'm, I'm in it. What about you? Same. Something about this episode, I watched it twice, which I never do. <laughs> Partially because I was like half drunkenly live tweeting all of my thoughts during it the first time. Everyone follow tweets. us. Thank you. We're uh, at Batch Signal on Twitter. And But like something about this episode, and I'm not sure what, like tipped me over the edge from like critical to like fully conspiratorial. Okay. Yeah. I'm like in the same zone where I'm like, I need to map out like every outfit change. Like every time we hear someone say something that's not on camera, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is shit. I'm just like galaxy brain meme about this season. I, I'm, they fucking pulled me right under. (laughs) It totally worked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I I think, I do think is partly by design. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I have a so I'll I'll give you a preview on my yeah. theory, but it yeah. it has to do with um, there are a couple assumptions I'm making. One, I think that the producers are really obsessed and with uh, managing are becoming increasingly in, in, uh, obsessed with managing like all parts of like interacting with this show and particularly mm-hmm. the spoils. I think they think I believe that they think that people watch it primarily primarily because they want to see who ends up with the lead and they mm-hmm. think that spoilers um obstruct like that basic and that that's what that the, the basic entertainment value of it um and because i think they're kind of control freaks i think they're trying 
and I think that they've sort of become petty about this. And so they're, they're trying to, um, that part of this season is, a, is addressing this, what they feel is maybe an existential challenge or concern to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's what I think. And I don't know if it's how intentional it is, but I feel like on some level that explains some of their, dis- their alleged decisions or, or some of the way that it's being edited and it's been presented and all of like the narrative around the show, which they now I think have been trying to control more than they have in the past so Mm -hmm. um that's all all I don't know if I've actually said I haven't really said all of it but that's kind of where I'm that's what part of what I've been thinking about yeah I mean I thought like from the jump on this episode like the amount of narrative control they're taking with everything is just like next level I mean I like wrote it down but like Claire leads with the line like she's in that pool and she's like Dale made everything drop away. I need to figure out if it was real or just excitement. And that is the narrative we're primed with going into the first, like, Mm -hmm. first date. Yeah. You know, it's not, is my husband in this group, but is it Dale or is it not Dale? Yeah. It's so unusual, you know, Mm -hmm. because again, like the stakes and the question that we're normally used to being kind of um, set up for us and, and sort of expectations wise and coming into episodes has com- been completely like discarded and replaced mm-hmm. with something else like I, I feel like the show is barely recognizable you know mm-hmm. A- and I uh, and and really I, I think it's bad like I, I think it's a bad <laughs> this has been a bad couple of episodes and mm-hmm. Not by just general reality TV show standards, but by the the standards that the uh, show has set for itself. Because uh, mm-hmm. they've been fucking phenomenal seasons of the show. And again, by its own standards, this is just really shit. Um, I think that's intentional, though, mm-hmm. is, is sort of my my idea. Um, do you want me to just tell you this theory? Um, yeah, I'm dying over here. Okay, okay. Because I, so- I think... We're thinking the same thing, okay, but okay. I want to hear you say it. Yeah. Okay. 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 So let me lay out a couple of assumptions again. So one <laughs> is it just really first. Let me like I want to yes. go through this. So I want your whole like conspiracy okay. like board connected with the strings. Like let's just do it. Okay. So my assumption number one is that like the producers know what they're doing. They're smart, mm-hmm. and that everything, every decision that they've made, they have thought through. Uh, these are professionals. They know what a good kind of coherent episode looks like, and what a sort of sort of poorly like haphazard one looks like um so my sense is they know that these episodes are uh subverting expectations uh Mm -hmm. that they've uh, made it difficult to that they're undercutting like the basic premise of this fantasy and show and they're Mm -hmm. doing it intentionally so i so once because before i was thinking like why well, this is so ridiculous? Why are they doing this? And I'm like, okay, well, they're probably doing it for a reason. So this is what this is what I think. I think that they're intentionally creating an almost unwatchable, unwatchable um, mm-hmm. first ha- like arc or first half of this season, um, so that they can, s- and then and they're going to sort of pivot into like a pretty like traditional bachelorette season with Tasha. And I think they're doing this because, um, or my theory is what they're doing is they're trying to make the argument generally that if a season is spoiled, if you know what's going to happen, then it makes the watching experience like really shitty. And mm. therefore you should well. and therefore you should watch 
um, that you should not participate in spoilers. You should not feed into that. You should not give Reality Steve clicks. You shouldn't like gossip too much on Reddit. You shouldn't even like probably tattle on these contestants and sort of like ruin the illusion um, because then what happens is you get like this situation where you know who wins and it makes the whole relationship kind the whole what you're seeing kind of contrived and fake and uh, inauthentic or whatever but if you watch it like a Tasha season where it's not spoiled um then then the fantasy you know goes on like with with like unimpeded and that's like true bachelorette or bachelor content it's it's why we watch it etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think um i the reason i think this is because it's again it's because of how hard it's because you know they've allegedly but probably set up this whole spoiler thing mm-hmm. you know, they've introduced it they're feeding actively feeding into it in the show mm-hmm. um actively making it sort of poisonous to sort of take take in and and they've they found a perfect bachelorette to 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 do this claire mm-hmm. is in fucking sufferable uh, she is an <laughs> absolute nightmare she is so incredibly i mean uh, my other uh my other hot take is that claire is an out and out sociopath and and we're oh. just dealing with that um i'm really coming with it today um <laughs> i'm so here Hi. and um and that like by giving us like Un, unfiltered quote-unquote Claire who again is draining I think is is mm-hmm. week by week making it harder and harder to watch because she's so awful um and also they're giving her that edit but also it like incur and but also like she is sort of doing this mm-hmm. um I think that they're they're just trying to sort of put it all together you know where like you know we're trying to associate rumors and spoilers with like this particular bachelor experience and mm-hmm. we're hoping that it puts such a bad taste in your mouth that it it kind of sours everybody or the community on spoilers in general mm-hmm. um and i wow. think it's all like really contrived and i think that the, and again this is all dependent on what they do when Tasha comes in if they do like a grand reset and we get like all the beats we're familiar with if we finally get the fucking chirons back so we can like get invested in these men yeah um then 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 i'll actually feel like oh okay i think this is at least part of what's happening here is they're trying to like i wonder if they'll even mention covid after this like they keep mentioning covid like they're, they're just sort of summoning all these like bad feelings in one place in this bachelor like mm-hmm. like segment basically this sort of and and if they just say okay we're gonna kick claire off we're gonna like reset like that wasn't that great like that's not what the bachelor is or the bachelorette mm-hmm. is we're um we're gonna do this the right way we're gonna bring in someone who like really wants to find love and then they completely reset and then we sort of soar off into the the future of the bachelorette franchise and all those bad feelings are gone and we don't look at spoilers and we just trust like the 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 nice warm hand of chris harrison the bachelor staff trust the process trust, we trust the process again you know yeah you know, we acknowledge huh. that we we haven't been able to trust the process, but now we can, you know? And I, I think that's part of what they're trying to do. Like, that's, that mm-hmm. they hope is the net effect of this. Um, and I, I that's the way that I'm, I'm trying to make sense of the, these episodes and Claire and all of this is, you know, what do, what do, you, what do you think? Uh, all I can, <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm amazed. I'm in awe <laughs> of you and how your mind works. And like, All I can think as you're saying that too is like it makes so much sense because I feel like since 
Caitlin Bristow's season, mm-hmm. they've really been on this arc of like subverting the Bachelor narrative. Like something mm. has always happened to kind of go underneath, right? And like, yeah. I think especially since Colton, it's been like every time, you know, or before, right? We had Ari, yes. we had uh, with the breakup, and then we had obviously the fence jump. Yes. Um, we had Hannah Brown like screaming out luke p right we had then pilot pete season like Mm -hmm. to me especially with pete season like the feel was so much that they're trying to manipulate these like you know off format moments and like Mm -hmm. exploit them for excitement and in doing so they fucked themselves right because the whole point of an off format moment that makes it exciting is that like you can't control it yes and so like the only way they can fucking like pull themselves out of their own fucking belly buttons and like turn themselves right side in for being inside out is to like make it miserable to have the format subverted mm-hmm. and then to reward you for again following up with the format you right. totally sold me on this and it's ah. like i can't believe that like these episodes have been so bad that we actively <laughs> are willing to accept that they're punishments <laughs> they're like <laughs> literal punishments oh yeah i but yeah it's the natural end point, I mm-hmm. think, from yes. trying to manufacture shocking moments. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely 100% right. And I think it's kind of unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't think of, first of all, I mean, think of how long running this reality TV show property is. It's one of the longest running that exists and certainly our country. Um, and I think you're right mm-hmm. that they've been building towards this. At what point do you like start trying to like intentionally sabotage your own show because you've run out of ideas? And, mm-hmm. and you've set up this expectation where something new has to happen every time. Mm-hmm. And you've had this recent production change and you have new people trying to like overcompensate probably for like trying to prove that like, you know, they, that they, they can make excellent tea. They can make it just as good or better than their predecessors. And then particularly think of Elon's departure. And I'm pretty sure yeah. his departure casts like a large shadow over this and like the resulting jockeying i think for like how to make you know for for influence and ideas i think has is part of also like what has resulted in this very strange i think it accounts for like pp season as well like that's yeah. it was a weird season um hannah brown season kind of a weird season you know and i think we're we're seeing like the results of a production side that is maybe a little bit unsure of how to navigate mm-hmm. like yeah. these this era and like these sort of shifting expectations about like what the Bachelor is supposed to respond to and as they're trying to court both their sort of progressive leaning audience and their really conservative one and trying to balance that and yeah like I think doing a showing like why you maybe shouldn't do that uh yeah you know and 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 also I think maybe misunderstanding the draw of the show because you don't the thing that both of those you know groups have in common is that they all we all sort of find this fantasy Mm-hmm. like engaging you know and we don't need really like you to pander to it you know even the people calling for changes will still watch it you know it's like kind of the, mm-hmm. that's like the thing and so I I just kept I was just watching the show I was like this is so unnecessary I don't really understand why they're doing this you know they don't need yeah. to do this much they well, just don't need to I mean you think about something like Survivor right which has mm-hmm. like rule changes which The Bachelor obviously like can't employ to the same extent but Survivor's never had a twist where like 
the whole thing is they all quit and unionize or, (laughs) you know, somebody stole the money or like the winner gave it back. You know, we do like the predictable format for a reason because at some point it's like it stops being the game we're here to watch. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have heard another theory about why this season is so weird and I want to run it by you to see if you think it competes with your theory. Okay. Do you listen to Game of Roses this week? Yes. What do you... Okay, so for those, I guess, who haven't listened, like, Game of Roses is advancing some gossip that they actually started filming. They filmed an original night one, and that's Mm. where Claire and Dale and the guys would have met. And then COVID happened. Everyone had to go home. And then they came back to La Quinta, but they had to refilm from the beginning because they didn't want to show that they were filming in the beginning of March. (laughs) And so... Claire and Dale like have actually met and that's why they're acting like it, but they're everyone's lying because they want to cover up that there was a real night one. Mm. What do you think about that theory? I, I find that theory really attractive. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I, there is uh, um, no evidence really has been presented Mm -hmm. that this is true. Um, There's one. There's one. As of last night, uh, Kelly Flanagan pilot pete's girlfriend who was also on the season Mm -hmm. she posted on instagram that she was actually she sat next to blake moines Mm -hmm. on a flight when she was going to go film um after the final rose like and that would have been like what the first march 10th ish like the and like why would he be go or it was a flight to la to film yeah. So why would he have been going to LA around that time if not to film? Ooh. Okay. And that's but. all I needed. That's all I needed. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I'm, I want to be, I want to be behind this. I think maybe it was because of the way that Clues presented this, like <laughs> that, that I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe it sounds, it sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think it competes with my theory at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, but I do think it goes a, at least a little bit of ways to explain not necessarily Dale and Claire's dynamic, because I, I think that that could have been the same, even if they were just FaceTiming sure. um, or communicating. I think it goes a little bit more of a way to explain like why the group dynamic seems kind of mm-hmm. weird or like why the other guys seem I don't know, lackluster. Part of this is because I think they're not really being, half of them aren't even being fucking produced. I, like, you know, they're just <laughs> yeah. not doing anything. You know, we don't, we don't know. Like, they don't do anything at all. Yeah. Um, but that would make sense that, you know, there's, there's a sort of stiltedness to all of them. Um, that mm-hmm. is not nervousness, really, but seems like sort of, I have to pretend like this is the first time I'm even talking to like the like I don't know it, lo- it looks like they 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 all seem a little bit rehearsed a little bit stiff again that could be because we don't really we're not really seeing them interact really at all um mm-hmm. but but that at least to me like that's what I think of like oh if they've all met before if they've all been communicating for months just kind of like chatting or whatever then it kind of makes sense that they would have this kind of vaguely familiar vibe if they all have read the spoilers and like know that like dale and claire have been chatting and they kind of know um on some level that like 
they're not really angling for Claire, but they're kind of angling for like future appearances. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of make then there and then some of that also the other vibe kind of like makes sense, I think. So I'm I, I there's it's believable. It's really really a really believable like theory, I think. Yeah, there's one like big mystery to me that leads me to also have a third theory. It's Ooh. more of like a it's more of a two B because I think it could fit with either of the scenarios we've laid out. So one thing I am so perplexed about is that they, it seems like from the like upcoming episode previews that the guys like turn on Claire Mm -hmm. for being really into Dale. And this is a mystery to me because like there's always an obvious front runner and I feel like Mm -hmm. the guys have never, or like the women either way have never like turned around and like been shown at least to snap in the same way. Right. And it doesn't make sense to me why they would either want to show that because I feel like it undermines the process, right? Like mm-hmm. you would might think this is not a great way to date if it's pissing off 30 people right. and hurting their feelings, you know, like it, it shows the seams in the process and it's also just never been done before. And I like right. can't figure out why they keep showing it. Mm-hmm. And my theory is that, and you know, like Claire keeps going around saying that she'd never talked to Dale before. She'd never met before. And, mm-hmm. like, I agree, but it's almost like the Lady Doth protests too much or whatever, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. because they were willing to have that segment where they acknowledged that Blake DM'd her ahead right. of time. So right. why would you acknowledge pre-game play? Right. And as I learned from listening to Nick Vial's recap this week, you know, like, his whole entrance on Caitlyn's season was, like, premised on pre-game play. And mm-hmm. the show just took it in stride. Like, they right. didn't really... And, you know, the guys were pissed, but they weren't the level of pissed we're seeing in the previews. So I think that the, the producers think that they're pulling a fast one on us for having spoilers. And the plot twist is not going to be that Claire and Dale end up together. Like, they clearly are setting us up for that. Mm-hmm. The plot twist is going to be that they were talking ahead of time and Claire lied to everyone. So it's still, like, sets Claire up as the villain. That's why they're allowing Mm -hmm. her to, like, look like shit but still be with Dale. But also, that's why the guys get so pissed is because they find out he, like, quote-unquote cheated. Or we're going to find out a la... Because remember, like, also, my one thing with Clues' theory is, as we know, Paradise stopped filming once. Yeah. And they acknowledged it. And they acknowledged the way that the relationships changed right because Mm -hmm. people took trips together or not right right so i mean maybe that's gonna be we're gonna find out they did film a night one like everyone agreed to not talk claire and dale kept talking or something and they came back and like that's why they're pissed but i think there is gonna be a revelation about what happened during the time up to the show and like that's actually the twist and not that claire Mm -hmm. and dale are together or like run off together early Ooh, i love that (laughs) it makes so much sense Mm mm-hmm I, I espe- especially the 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 gotcha about the twist because right because they yeah. they they always do this you know they're always baiting us like constantly oh I mean like historically into thinking mm-hmm. that you know thinking that we know what's coming and 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 it would be interesting to try and like also make a statement because they've been trying to like parse the like how do you how do you not how do you like determine like what being on the show for the right reasons is in the mm-hmm. in like the age of like instagram influencers you mm-hmm. know where everybody is sort of ang- like it seems like everybody's angling just to sort of increase their brand you know can you still be on this show because they need they need to make an argument to us a convincing one that you can still be on the show for the right reasons and still find love 
and like maybe increase your brand and that that's not in conflict. And so, yeah, you know, and so this would be an interesting way of trying to say like, okay, so this is the, these are the new lines here, you know, and like, this is what fair mm-hmm. gameplay is and, and what mm-hmm. it's not because they're, because with like Moines, they're already doing that. They're saying you can pregame. They're acknowledging mm-hmm. that there's, there's a way to pregame that is fine above board. So they also have to establish then a way to pregame that's not about board. And they started to do that with Yosef anyway. They're saying, mm-hmm. you know, um, by like DMing like other women or whatever. So they're kind of right. suggesting that that's not right either. But you're right. I think they have to do, I think there's room for them to do a little bit more. Um, and also to like, it does feel like somebody has to be punished almost. Yeah. You know, like someone has to be made an example of. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what it could it could probably could be um how do you how do you make sure the leads don't do it you know mm-hmm. and so oh it, shit right yeah so it's like you know who cares it doesn't really matter so much if the players do it right mm-hmm. what matters is if the lead if the lead does it if they mm-hmm. compromise the the show by choosing somebody first by risking the fact that they can get leaked by not giving mm-hmm. a convincing performance then they fucked the show Mm-hmm. So how do you get ahead of that? You make an example of somebody. So you create a situation where a lead has done something that you don't want them to do. You give them a terrible edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you set them up to fail. You you try and like, you sort of help them think that they're sort of empowering themselves. But you're mm-hmm. also subtly saying what they've done, what this person's done is, immor- is immoral. Like they, mm-hmm. <laughs> and wrong and not not like, not ethical gameplay it's for love whatever but you know what the punishment is you're gone you know and fucking when have they ever had a stronger reason to do this than now when peter ditched his finalist to run away with kelly who he met before the show it's all (laughs) it's all coming together i bet i bet you know i didn't even think about that i bet they're like really i bet they were really mad about that they didn't didn't invite her to women tell all oh they were pissed. Yeah. So then they're also making. So then they're also making an example of Dale. Mm-hmm. And and like that and and the Kellys, you know, like they're trying to like clamp down on these pre-existing relationships and and also and another. Oh my god! I didn't even and think what did of they that. do to? Okay, think about Blake. Blake's whole arc in Paradise was to get his ass kicked for having pre-existing relationships before Paradise. Yeah, and trying to manage them, like trying, mm-hmm. to, like trying to dictate the terms on, like you know, in which the game would be played. And they're like, no, sorry, we're not going to let you do that. Yeah, the whole wow. signal's a warning sign. Okay, so now this is shifting my theory a, a little bit. Um, now it's more like something. Now I feel like my theory is kind of like a a, a sub theory. Like I do think, <laughs> I do think my I do I do I do still believe that um, managing like the discourse is mm-hmm. part of their aim here and part mm-hmm. of it dealing with spoilers. But now I'm starting to think because like the one the one hole in my theory I think is that like the season has been spoiled for fucking a decade. Yeah. And why would they just start doing it now if they? and not before trying like this kind of tactic again mm-hmm. could be like change of change of the guard behind the cameras or whatever but i'm starting to think that maybe another more compelling explanation for it is what they're more worried about they don't care about spoilers really because they know people mm-hmm. still watch it mm-hmm. 
maybe what they're more concerned about is like the leads getting out of hand and like trying to like get them like okay we need to get more we need to control these people because that's what really matters well i think this like lets them have their cake and eat it too right like if Mm -hmm. the twist is actually they're going to reveal that they were talking you know it lets them like send a message to future leads Mm -hmm. and it says like fuck you for looking at spoilers you thought you had one on us but actually like we're so we're three steps ahead of you fuck you yeah you know absolutely it gives them them everything they want i know and i i am i find (laughs) I I started I had I started my 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 train of thought started when I was on the bus today and I was like mm-hmm. holy shit are they really is this really like what they're up to and I thought that is smart like I was like I <laughs> yeah. you know like if you know I was like I can appreciate if they're intentionally doing all of this like I just want to see where they go with it like where are they really trying to go you know if this is all like if they're just trying to bait us into thinking this in one direction totally. like what it what it what is like their objective and like what message are they trying to send because like who are you know what i mean because i you know Mm -hmm. who who do the producers really think are their audience it's not just like us who are just watching it it's like people who are going to be on the show next and Mm -hmm. like what they should expect or what they should think or what what they can then reference because you know what i mean like if you Mm -hmm. like can kick the shit out of blake and you have somebody you can like go to somebody and say like, you know, if you don't do this, like, you know what we did to Blake, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we'll just do that to you, you know, or, or you know, it's a way of, of no one is safe. No. Like, yeah. Like uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it's a way, like there, there's so many ways they can use that too. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I've, I, I, I had never really thought that much about like how the producers <laughs> like are also advertising to future players i mean obviously they are but i hadn't thought about how they could like send messages to not only them but also people who are in the game you know like any like you know this is this is all like um i was thinking of um uh luke p um Mm -hmm. we we didn't talk about this but one thing um and for for those who aren't aware um luke p was uh the villain on hannah b season um and he uh, violated his contract um, by talking to, I think he did four interviews. So mm-hmm. when you sign like a contract, you can't, you can only do bachelor production approved media for about a year, I think. Um, and he did four interviews and the fine is like $25,000 per interview. Now everyone signs this contract. The thing is like plenty of people do interviews, but they don't enforce, not they don't enforce the contract on everybody, but they did on Luke P and I think they mm-hmm. did it because he was an easy target, sort of reviled mm-hmm. by the community and as particularly by the lead. And um and it was just a way to send a message to about like, okay, you, you can't talk to anybody, but also in a way that wouldn't ruffle any feathers because nobody fucking likes him or nobody's like mm-hmm. gonna no or nobody's gonna defend him. Um why did I say that? Oh, oh they okay. have an interest in punishing people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have an interest. Yeah. So there. So yeah. So there is evidence that like they will like lay like lay down the law, you know, mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. to players, and that people are going to notice that, you know, and 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 they can use that again to sort of continue to manipulate um, um, the, the people who appear on the show and and their attempt to manipulate the people who watch it. And the most fucked i think part of the whole thing is like now i'm 
so excited to watch next I week. Know. I know. I just I want every little breadcrumb. And just like that, we've like gone totally through the fucking wormhole and we're back where they want us. Yep. Yeah. And you know, there's a part of me that's like, I, I have to just recognize how 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 effective it is. You know, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm you know, I'm not gonna pretend like it didn't work on me. It 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 worked on me and I am fascinated by it and like mm-hmm. so compelled and uh and c- cannot wait to see what happens. <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna be in that place. Like as I said at the top, I was like, oh I don't know, you know, like I don't know about this season, but I, I think like <laughs> the other layer of the other layers and intrigue of this season have made it like it, it again it's like a fucking car crash it's like mm-hmm. okay or, or it, it it's supposed to feel that way you know and i'm, I'm i just kind of again i want to know where they where they land relatedly of where mm-hmm. they land do you know who else is like development arc i am so interested in now bennett yes bennett <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> uh, we're best friends uh, we know each other so well <laughs> we're two halves of a whole idiot yeah (laughs) Um, no i feel like because they clearly okay so like they were clearly setting him up to be the villain Mm -hmm. like they gave i think the producers they had him come out in the bentley by himself and they also i think put him in the nicest hotel room with the expectation that the guys were going to turn on him Mm -hmm. right yeah he was going to be the dick instead he's adorable he is Everyone just wants to hang out with him. Yeah. He's just kind of uh, a nerd. Mm-hmm. You know? And part of me is like, did they do this? Like, why is he getting this redemption arc? Like, either it's because he's adorable or whatever, or also, because it's weird to me that they would they would show the machinations that they set up for him to be the villain if they didn't want him to end up there. Mm, sure. So I'm like, because they didn't have to show his limo exit or his suite, you know, right. but they showed the suite twice. Yeah. And I don't know. So I'm like, either they drop the ball and they're willing to show it, or he's going to end up being a big part of Tasha season or something where they set him up to fail, but now they need to give him a redemption arc. Yeah. I, I can see, I can see either. I think that's what's hard with mm-hmm. him now is because they've been really inconsistent with the edit. Um I will say that I really found him, I was surprised when he like pulled Claire away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised at, I, so my expectation was that he was going to start, I guess, sort of talking about himself. Cause again, I think that's sort of what they said. Like, Oh, this person's sort of full of himself. He's going to start bragging. And he was just like, Oh, you know, I'm just kind of like a New York guy, you know, <laughs> like what's, you know, what's going on with you? You know? And I was like smitten. I was like, Bennett, this is good. This is good. This is a very, this is very good of you to do this, uh, because you have, you have, in a sentence, shattered like my expectations <laughs> from you. <laughs> I've been completely like surprised, and I and I am now like, and I now adore you. I'm so. It's like because so little about this. These few episodes have been surprising and delightful. Mm-hmm. I just like graft on to those like tiny moments where I'm like oh my god that was amazing you maybe actually seem like a real person and maybe have thwarted production kind of in a way um, yeah and so now I, I sympathize with you and I want you to do well it also took me like 2.5 seconds of that conversation to be like he is not attracted to Claire <laughs> <laughs> 
What gave it away? It's just like her talking. Like, I just feel like he would just be like, yeah, I'm just like a guy who lives in New York. I like it fine. And for her to like want to like go over an emotional cliff of like clearly spiraling and the fact that he didn't like follow her out. He, he didn't like, follow her out at all. <laughs> Like, I don't know if he thought she was going to come back or if he was just like, it's not worth it. <laughs> but... I, I did notice that too. And I thought that was really hilarious. I was like, where is Bennett now? I was like, I want to see more Bennett. And he was just like, it's like, he just shrugged. I was like, okay. <laughs> but because like, again, I think like Claire wants affirmation from all of these men mm-hmm. so much, but she's also like, like weirdly unself-aware of like, this is gonna sound so fucked up but like making herself desirable or at least being fucking generally polite in order to like earn their affection you know like she has these expectations that everyone's just in love with her and she can kick them around and do whatever or at least that's what we're seeing right like and that treatment of bennett like can you imagine being like I'm finally going to talk to you for the first time. And she just like bails on you in 20 seconds to go yell at the other guys. <laughs> yeah. And then gets stolen away by another guy. And just, just leaves you there. So even if she said, I'll be right back. She doesn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm good. I'm good here. You know? Yeah. Look, you're, 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 you're very on to something. I think to point out that Claire seems really indifferent to, she doesn't seem to, uh, she's not interested in charming any of these men. She has not tried to charm anybody. Um, and I think it's because she believes, clearly, because she's Bachelorette, everybody should come to her. Like, she just sort of deserves their affection and mm-hmm. just by default, and that she doesn't have to give anything. Um, this is a nice segue into the Love Languages date, um, oh, where uh, which was stupid and boring, first of all. Um, I hate love but languages. I, like, so my whole thing with that was, like, part of the, even when they were introducing it, um, it, she talked about how, oh, yeah, love language is about how, like, you like to give and receive love, blah, blah, blah. But she didn't do any giving at all. She didn't give anything. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't give them gifts. She didn't, like, she touched them or whatever, but she didn't give them words of affirmation. Um, she only gave one of them quality time. Uh, <laughs> and I just thought, oh, this is what, this is like hilariously exactly what it would be like to be in a relationship with Claire. <laughs> the expectation is Claire, Claire number one, um, all of the love languages are her love languages. And mm-hmm. she wants all of, she wants to just take and take and take as much as she can all the time. Uh, and especially when she's in a position of power on the show and as the lead, where she doesn't feel like she has to give anything. And production is sort of mm-hmm. like kind of aiding and abetting her mm-hmm. and like just sort of and free and, and also yeah. like also wrapping it in like around this rhetoric of female empowerment where apparently. Yeah being a selfish asshole is the same thing as like I guess being a feminist um (laughs) and and we're supposed to feel like good that Claire is like being an asshole because she's not being an asshole she's being a strong woman like oh Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) okay you know as as Becca Kufrin says she's empowering so (laughs) I mean it's it's working on somebody you know (laughs) I mean the thing too with that again I hate love languages and I don't believe in them however like oh I don't know that I haven't heard this take from you I just all right this is an embarrassing thing about me but I read 
an unhealthy amount of advice columns. I love all advice columns. <laughs> and one common theme in advice columns is like people being like, my love language is this unfixable trait about myself. And like anyone who doesn't comply exactly with these demands just like can't love me. And like, we're all more complicated than that. Right. You know? Oh, like, yes. Right. <sighs> so no, keep going. Anyway, were I to even believe in love languages, <laughs> like Claire didn't want, those weren't words of affirmation. Like no. the, the thing Dale said to him is, or said to her, excuse me, is like, I couldn't be more excited to be here. I can't even remember how to find love. And when I saw your spirit, <laughs> you made me feel comfortable committing to that. I want to commit to you and I don't care who's watching. I am who I am and I'm here. Like none of that is affirming Claire. No, it's not. Because none of them know Claire. But what she wants is just like raw vulnerability so she can like eat their tender underbellies, you <laughs> yeah. know, to like compensate for actually building a relationship. Yeah. Because again, I mm. love what you said that like she doesn't actually give anything, right. you know? I mean, throughout the date, you think about like too that heinous, heinous one-on-one. Like <sighs> think about the quote unquote like trauma or whatever that she gives him about herself is something that was already on TV, like something that she's already said on the show and that is like known. Like it's mm -hmm. not even new information it's just the same thing over again because she's not giving right she's right. not establishing a relationship she's just asking for these like shows of prostration at her feet emotionally you know yeah yeah no yeah absolutely you know and and the way she shares them she always has the exact same tone of voice mm -hmm. um she she's always kind of smiling because she's fucking lying um <laughs> she's um, she's talking at Jason. She's not mm -hmm. really like I, I something I, I wrote down was Jason doesn't even need to be here. Like they could have picked any one of those jabronis and put them on this date and mm -hmm. said, talk about like something hot, you know, like, Oh, talk about your feelings. And when Jason's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I, I saw some things growing up. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, we all did, you know, like not even to, I don't, it doesn't really matter whether he was being honest or not because that didn't, because that wasn't the point. The point was right. just to sort of give Claire an excuse to remind us of how, sh how wrong she's been, you know, mm -hmm. like how apparently her entire fucking life she's been victimized. And, um, and weirdly, so, so we're rewatching, um, we're watching for the first time Juan Pablo's season and Claire, Claire kind of, sort of seems to conflate being in an abusive relationship before mm -hmm. the season with like the climax of the bachelor that season mm -hmm. like and she doesn't seem to say that she doesn't literally say that Juan Pablo was also like abusive but she mm -hmm. does conflate the two these two relationships as like both yeah. were examples of her being like victimized and wronged by men mm -hmm. and and were traumatic for her and like and there's something she had to overcome which it's kind of like a side thing only because like in watching the season i'm not i haven't finished it yet yeah but i'm 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 trying so hard to see where juan pablo like what juan pablo is is doing or has done to deserve such like vitriol and like absolute uh -huh. exclusion from the bachelor franchise because right now 
right right now I'm not totally seeing and I, I want to talk more about it once I finish this season um but like right now I'm just like I don't know he seems yeah. like kind of a fun dude um I know he does I think he said something homophobic at some point like later which you know but it's, yeah, but yeah. you know but like a bit on the season like thinking about like what applies to Claire and his conduct on yeah. the season I'm kind of like I'm just not seeing it I'm not really I'm just not seeing where she's being totally victimized here and so when she pulls this out as like like one of her big trauma cards I'm just like dude what like she oh my god like the whole date was just about her burning this fucking dress and I just thought what is going on here because I was you know I'm just going come like this is this is insane like it's insane that you're doing this and and that this whole again this whole date that's essentially about about you guys burning or, or like um connecting is actually just about you claire burning the stress because every t- she keeps just like and this is a theme throughout the episode is every time somebody mentions oh so this was hard for me she says oh that happened to me but it was worse than it happened to yeah. you you know this is why and this is why everyone she's a psychopath like it is it is <laughs> it is like this specific way of um always like being it's like it's clear that she always sees herself as a victim yeah and that she compulsively like whenever somebody tries to say like something like oh actually open up and say something like difficult she doesn't she can't acknowledge anything that they're saying she's not like emotionally present with them she just pivots into like oh yeah that reminds me of this thing that happened to me and oh god it was just so bad you know like that's like if you want to know like how to you know how to identify if you're dealing with somebody who has an anti-personality disorder that's a (laughs) one key way to like to figure it out is how often do they just sort of turn things around and make them about themselves narcissists do it too but like narcissists don't want you to pity them all the time and psychopaths do um Anyway, I, sorry, I, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> I was like, really, I just launched into it. Um, no, um, I mean, I, would, I mean, the thing too that is so inexplicable to me about this leaning on Juan Pablo thing and like what you're saying is that I feel like it necessarily makes like we've talked about this, but she got engaged to Benoit on Winter Games and yeah. was ostensibly in a serious relationship with him. So, like, on her theory, where she's like, was she? hung up on Juan Pablo or like whatever this entire time like didn't she hurt Benoit like why isn't like her selection of not even like using that as a trauma and it's like of course not because it doesn't allow her to be perceived as a victim right right like turns out she like got engaged to a sweet Canadian and can't (laughs) spin that any kind of way you know but now yeah it's like she has maximum control over this like one specific art and it's so weird is weird my theory uh, i have a theory on claire is one of my theories on claire is um so again i don't know everything about how it ends but i know that one paul doesn't pick her yeah i think and i know that he doesn't pick andy it doesn't end up with andy again i don't know like the details but i know kind of the broad strokes i bet that claire was really pissed that she didn't become bachelorette i bet that it would have been claire if Juan Pablo had stayed with Andy and mm-hmm. she has always held on to that, like always held <laughs> on and resented and felt like she deserved it, you mm-hmm. know, that she was wronged or whatever. And she said, maybe the producer said they were going to choose her or whatever. There, there are probably discussions I imagine. And ever since then, she's been like, that's what I want. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, I deserve that. I need that. Like the, I, that's 
that is mine. Like I was wronged and she's never been able to let that go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that I think explains why she's just fucking relishing this. Like the, imagine that, like the, imagine you've dreamt and fantasized and, and felt like you deserved something, this, this thing for like nine years mm-hmm. and then f- six years. And finally you get it. You know, and she just seems like she's having the time of her fucking life, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Bridezilla energy. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, I'm the center of this. This is about me and my arc and, like, not really about love, <laughs> you all. know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well taken. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, what did you think of, um, um, I know we're skipping around a lot, listeners, but we're we're doing this thing where we're trying to do like sort of be more <laughs> organic with like how we're how we're talking about the show, and um, this is just naturally how we talk about it. So um, bear with us. Um, yeah, we're assuming you're all super fans. Yeah, and yeah, we're assuming you've seen the episode. You probably listened to other podcasts. Like you know, you've been through the sort of chronological like takes or whatever. We're trying to offer you something a little bit different, at least when the spirit moves <laughs> us. So, um, uh, but Kate, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, the moment uh, where it was after it was after the it was during the quality time portion of the love um, love languages date where there is that beat of silence and oh. then Claire explode is is sort of incensed. Uh, I want I, I want to know what and, and 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 sort of like the whole day like that, that whole scene like that whole thing. I'm I'm just curious like what your response to that was. I couldn't tell. I mean, my initial I hated it. <laughs> I my initial assumption was like this has to happen every time. Like this was the first cocktail party and I like rewatched it more times than twice. I like rewinded it a few times because what happens is she says like how's your evening to everyone? They start talking. She makes a toast and like they're all talking and then like having some exchanges and then she says, should we get the night started? Does anyone want to go dot, dot, dot? And then after a second, like, Bennett walks away with her. Mm-hmm. So it being the first cocktail party, like, it's not shocking to me that they wouldn't know when to, like, cut her off to grab her. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I couldn't, and I couldn't tell, too, like, was it actually awkward? Did the producers make it weirder by like not putting music in? Like how long was that beat actually? Like mm-hmm. I have no idea. Right. I mean, it clearly had an effect on Claire, which is like what we see, but I almost interpreted her reaction too as like she specifically was expecting Dale to steal her. He mm. did it. Bennett steals her. She flies off the handle. Like she's really talking to Dale and like the way they cut it anyway, like she doesn't calm down until Dale steals her away. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't even look. Other guys are trying to, like, speak to her. She doesn't even fucking look at them. She only looks at Dale when he speaks. Yeah, so I'm assuming it wasn't actually about that, but it was that specifically Dale didn't step up, and it was Bennett. Mm. That's my guess. I don't know. What was your thought? Mine was really similar, um, Uh except that I felt... um, I think the producers, like, told the guys not to grab her right away. Interesting. And that they they either told everyone not to grab her right away and then, like, told Dale, like, okay, there's going to be, like, a moment. Like, you should – or just said, like, you should try and grab her right away. Um, mm-hmm. Or – or and I kind of think it's more of this, that they explicitly told them to wait and then Claire just kind of got – either knew about it and was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, take this example to – 
hmm. you know, like, you know, stamp my authority on this group. Um, and because they're not being, because, you know, because it's just like they're not being manly enough or whatever. Um, or they were just like, well, let's just make it awkward and just like clear react because we know she's going to fucking flip out. Mm-hmm. So either way, I do think that it was something like the producers induce this whole thing by explicitly telling them just to wait a, a beat because um, in, and both on Bachelor Party and I think, um, or I think on Bachelor Happy Hour actually, not Bachelor Party, mm-hmm. both, uh, both Rachel and Becca talk about like, oh, that's weird. Like that's never happened on my season. Like in my experience, somebody's always like pulling people aside or, or in trying to pull the lead aside or whatever. That's, that's odd that that would happen. Hmm. Like why would they do that? Um, unless, it, unless they were like intimidated or whatever. Um, and of course not that like production told them. To I didn't so I didn't because I suspected that it was just another fucking contrived situation. Hmm. I didn't see Claire's. I didn't see her response as I don't see any of her responses as genuine. But I didn't think she was. I think she would have been fine if anybody grabbed her. Like I think she would have been fine. Like she just wanted. She wants to feel desired. She wants to feel like they're fighting over her. Yeah. Um, I don't. And I'm sure she wanted Dale to go first, but I think as long as he asserted himself eventually, I think she would have been cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that was interesting to me, I think it was Zach um, who said, after she yeah. comes back and she's like, you know, doesn't anybody want to spend time with me? I think he says something to the effect of like, oh, I didn't know that that was, it was time for that. Or I don't, like, oh, I didn't. Like he seemed like genuinely confused. Yeah. So that's what to do. I was like, I don't think, I think now, like, these guys are, and this, this is what kind of sucks, I think, would suck to be them, is that if they're dealing, if they're in a season where all the, the producers are, like, working super hard to, like, manipulate things and kind of keep them on their toes and, like, give Claire excuses to fucking lash out at them, I, I, think, I, would, I think this would, I don't know, I think that would be really shitty. Like, oh, we yeah. were told one thing, and now you're yelling at us because we were told yeah. to do this. And then, just give me a head later, um, somebody tries to pull her aside immediately and she's like, oh no, don't do that. And like grab somebody else. And it's like Claire, like throughout is like, she's really, she's on this t- horrible power trip, I think, where she is like actively like, uh, yeah. I think, I feel like she's actively sort of giving mixed signals to these men. Um, and then like finding opportunities to like punish them for like not doing exactly what she wants uh and and it just seems i don't mm-hmm. know it just seems like you know horribly abusive like just like totally <laughs> abusing her authority and power and that it, it's i think it's hard to get it. and because really it's just about like her fantasy of just like being in control and like producing this oh that's what i was gonna say yeah on her one-on-one date with blake i was like oh i think she's just producing him that's what it felt like like yeah. she was just trying to get him to open up trying to you know just to produce him totally. not to understand him at all and i was like whoa that like this is gross like i don't i don't want to lead here i don't want to lead who's a producer like mm-hmm. i think this is like cruel and, and in this context i think this is like cruel and weird and even if jason is trying his is being honest and trying his hardest especially if he is how how terrible to have this fucking like vulture try and like pull as you said like eat your innards and disingenuously when like maybe you're actually think that like this is going to bring you closer i was like this is gross um yeah. uh but yeah so anyway so so I, I i think it was just an excuse to for dale to like declare his affections again because they're trying i think to make they're still trying i think to make 
their attraction or, or connection seem kind of organic mm-hmm. or like oh here's another step of their love journey like they're trying to they need beats for their story mm-hmm. and so they're trying to craft craft situations so that dale can like step up but shockingly dale is like been really fucking lackluster so far <laughs> oh my god um, yeah he's bit, like claire i think is really trying hard and dale shrugs because he knows he's got it in the bag and it's like like okay you know he's not even doing his part no i mean it is I think it lends credence to my theory that, like, Dale's just in too far over his fucking head. (laughs) I I agree. Yeah, like, I just feel like his, all of his speeches, even his gift, when he gives her, like, the dog perfume. What the fuck was that? And it's so weird, because it's, like, you have, like, everyone else's plays, like, uh, the guy who, Ivan, who brought the chess piece, who I thought was sweet, although he probably builds drones, so he has blood on his hands, and... Who's the other? Oh, Riley. Speaking of sociopaths, who like brought the baseball? Like, wow. I yeah, I totally missed that. The gift giving part? No, no, no. That Riley's probably a sociopath. Oh, something's yeah. off. Something super off about him. But yeah, super but, off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe he's just overthinking things. But like, the vibe's a little weird. No, 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 no. Trust your gut. Always trust your fucking gut. <laughs> okay, he's a sociopath. <laughs> okay, there no, we go. But, like, like they both knew to like use those gifts to like bring up their personal trauma. Mm-hmm you know, the card they were going to play. And, like, the Dale didn't even have the wherewithal to do that. He got her the kind of gift you would get for anyone with a dog, probably. <laughs> right. It was, like, really weird. Like, you you know, like, uh, he used to play sports. Like, bring a football. Bring your jersey. Like, there's just bring your jersey. so much. Yeah, there was just so much space for that. And he just went with the stupidest thing. It's really strange. His whole performance, I don't know. I'm just not... I I came prepared to, like, actually be convinced that Dale was not kind of vaguely smarmy, but I I don't know. I also get a kind of a gross vibe from Dale. Like, I just... I, I feel like he's incredibly disingenuous, and, and it could be because he's actually faking everything mm-hmm. here, but uh, there's just something about there's just something there's something that feels oily about him to me and i i can't put my finger on it really cuz we're not getting a lot of him yeah but i think it it's because it's probably in part because literally nothing that's happened has been authentic dale and so <laughs> i feel like i'm 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 really just like looking at a fucking robot or some sort of animated husk who's yeah going through the motions it's uns- to me it's unsettling you know and because i'm not attracted to him there's like nothing i'm there's like nothing in it for me you know i'm just kind of bored by it and like as arguably the two non-heterosexual female commentators in this space besides <laughs> like bachelor clues it's like the three of us yeah like i think we see through the mystique of dale like we're not going to be impressed by this tall hot guy exactly and, like narratively you know, and like narratively, again, we talked about this last time, but it's so weird because like we see that Claire is smitten and she's at least like trying to give us those like beats of getting to know him, but like he is not contributing. So like he's saying they're saying like, I'm willing to risk it all and this is me, but we're like, why? Like we haven't seen you really talk, you know? Right. It's uh, weird. It's weird. Um, uh, well, I mean, I suppose it's time to get to that dodgeball date. Um, dodgeball 
gate. Dodgeball <laughs> gate. Like, there's been so much like scandal about this. Where where do you stand on naked dodgeball gate? Um, oh, I, I thought it was disgusting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I found it. Um, it's not necessarily the date itself. Mm-hmm. It's the way that they've, the way that they have tried to manage the perception of it. Like the fact that they're aggressively saying like, oh no, just like the way they're talking about it. I was like, oh, well, it was all just in fun. And, um, you know, and, and like on Bachelor Happy Hour, um, uh, Becca and Rachel, they just go out of their way to be like, oh, well, you know, we didn't think anything was bad about it. So like, so it's fine. And, mm-hmm. and also, uh, you know, Becca was like, yeah, I wanted to see more. And um, then they have Easy on and they're just like, oh, yeah. and, and Easy's just, oh. Not an expert it. on consent. Exactly. But Easy like, is like, well, you know, we knew what we signed up for. Ooh. Um, and, yep. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Why um, would you ever say that into a microphone, Easy? I know. Um, and um and he was like, oh, and again, oh, uh, so easy uh, references when Yosef was speaking for the men in the group and how uh, he was like, yeah, like, no, that's inappropriate, you know, because like you shouldn't speak for like the group we're all men or whatever. And then he goes on to speak on behalf of the group of men on the dodgeball <laughs> day and say, yeah, I mean, I think we all sort of felt like it was fine, you know, like it was just kind of all in jest. And so, you know, uh, mind you also easy, easy was on the winning team and didn't actually have to strip. Um, right. And yet he is speaking for the people who did have to strip, um, assuming that they were fine and nothing was wrong with it. Um, and so like, I think the thing that bothers me most about it is it's not really, I don't, I hate doing this, Yeah. but part of it is like, well, I mean, if these were women, like how would we be talking about it? And I imagine that the people would be sort of more universally like, mm, then maybe that's not great. Um, but even beyond that, like that aside, I don't really, I think it's the thing that bugs me about it is this, I think this kind of Im- implication that because they're men that they, um, that, and are sort of expected to sort of, they're sort of, they seem to be like sexualized in a way that's like really natural to them. Like yeah. that they, that because they're like these sexual virile beings, like being naked means kind of like nothing to them. Like that they're mm-hmm. not being vulnerable. And that also, I guess that these men, I guess, um, like actually weren't vulnerable in this situation at all. And like had control or had some sort of choice um, when they didn't like they, which is like, sure they had some choice but it completely sure. skirts like the nuances of that environment and the fact the real fact that there would be sort of consequences for not playing by the rules mm-hmm. um and so I, I i so so for me it was um and again i found claire just sort of oh that's the other thing that that it's been sort of spun as like oh this is an example of Claire being empowered um yeah. and I was like okay so if what we're saying is that female empowerment means like that you then get to objectify like that you get to sort of um humiliate like men like in particular as much as you want um with impunity and that you should be celebrated for it I I like I just I like can we just pause for a second yeah. like, is that really what, <laughs> you know like do we want and and if you're gonna say like, well men men do it I was like yeah but like that's shitty too like that you shouldn't want to do that like you don't want to be like these men like they suck you know or the men that do that you know so um 
so I just found right. it um, pretty like unsettling and I think particularly like I think you know listening to um happy hour and um and easy and just sort of their like uh like flip like it felt it almost felt like um here are these like cool popular sort Mm -hmm. of kids who have like all this cachet and power and who like benefit from (laughs) I know I know Mm -hmm. who who like (laughs) we hate popular kids we do um who who benefit from this interpretation that like all of this was a harmless fun um and for their enjoyment and the like the people who might feel differently or like well well you know they knew what they signed up for like oh it's just a joke we'll get over it or like whatever we're not even going to have them on the podcast because they're losers and we don't care Mm -hmm. um and it just it just it felt gross to me on on a lot of levels i would have felt differently maybe if there was some nuance to it if there was some obvious agency involved or because if you want to be naked whatever it was that there it was like here is this absurd pressure just like strip strip for like and and be humiliated that's what it was it was like they were they Mm -hmm. were being sort of humiliated for claire and i guess our pleasure and i just found it gross i found (laughs) it really really fucking gross what about you what do you think (laughs) yeah i mean i think i share your uh, sentiment that like my frustration with the date honestly uh, came down more to like the discourse around the date than mm-hmm. the actual date itself like the reaction I mean I actually take a, a different I had a different reaction to this idea that like oh if it was the women doing it this would have been unacceptable I mean like I think that claim takes for granted or like doesn't acknowledge I guess the fact that every time a woman on the show is in a swimsuit she's basically as naked as these men were mm. right yep absolutely yeah. Like their genitals were covered and that's it. Like female nudity to that same degree and like taking your clothes off is just mm-hmm. like expected in due course on this show. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and with the extra degree of like, I mean, think about the date on Peter season where they all to wear like Brazilian bikinis and then touch him in a photo shoot. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I personally, I think that like we're more able to like recognize this kind of like Mm. coercion when it happens to men because we just like take it for granted when it happens to women sure and all the little ways that it happens throughout the show to women instead of just in a dodgeball challenge yeah yeah so that frustrated me a little bit Mm -hmm. uh but i'm with you in the sense that like i also don't think the date and like positing it is like claire's naughty twist was like a win for gender relations (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah and on my most like surface level, I don't think those rules for strip dodgeball make sense. I think it makes more sense that every time you get hit with a ball, you take off an article of clothing and then yeah. you get to come back in. That and then, sense, yeah. Thank you. And then everyone could get redressed by the end of the round and you just keep score that way. It more evenly shuffles who has to get stripped and makes it you have a choice, right? Of like if you want to go so far as to take your shorts off. God, wow! What what a incredible fix <laughs> that would have made the. I, that would to me that would have changed like the tone of the entire date like yeah. completely because it would have made it more fun, more like it's like a shared experience and not mm-hmm. like a weirdly punitive one. And I, I and I yeah and I think yeah I think that kind of would have been I, a lot better. <laughs> I think there'd be like so much space for cute bromance jokes in that setup. Like if everyone thinks one guy, like if all the guys know one guy's the most jacked, they could like intentionally hit him a lot to try to get him to take his pants off. Like that yeah. would be really funny. Like, 
yeah. they would still have agency in it, you know? So I really, yeah, I really like that. Thank um, you. <laughs> that's been a no, lot. That's, of- that's so brilliant. Um, I, you know, the other thing is, um, the the other part of it was you know like chris chris harrison's like you know performative discomfort i'd like this, oh this side, but it's just like you know the issue to like the issue to me again it was like not that these guys were new it's like that whatever you know like they're black boxes anyway but that it it was it was so instead of making it like lighthearted and fun and just kind of silly um mm-hmm. they, they had to they had to make it uncomfortable. They had to sort of introduce like this element of that in there. Um, and, and in order, I think, to create, like, I guess, drama or this, this sense of discomfort that could be exploited later. Um, but, but I did want to, I did want to acknowledge yeah. that. I think your, your point about the well, way that it's like due course, the way that women are sort of, uh, sort of coerced and manipulated on this show and taken for granted. It's really well taken. And I, I do, I appreciate you bringing it up because it's not something I, it is something that I just kind of like take on board. I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening again. All right. You know, like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I, I think, yeah. And, and it sort of raises questions to me a little bit about what, um, like a better way of doing this would just be, to it to i think de-emphasize like this the sexualized nature of like all of these states that involve any kind of like skin to you know by making them mm-hmm. like a little bit more ridiculous or giving like the players like more agency and like ways to sort of express themselves and like be sort of a person instead of like just an object that we are also objectifying on our television um, yeah yeah versus say, versus just saying like and I'm not really, and then I'm not saying like no one should be nude or like scantily clad on this show. I'm just saying like it shouldn't be done this way. It doesn't need to be like it, it's, it's like it already just, I guess it's supposed to make us continue to feel bad and weird about our bodies and sex and like desire <laughs> and stuff, which is yeah. like really, really kind of, it, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just like, come on. I, I don't know. Like you don't have to do, it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm glad that we can both at least agree on fuck Chris Harrison. Absolutely. I wish he would spend half as much time as he does trying to not look gay to try to make (laughs) himself not look like a sexual predator whenever a 20-year-old girl takes her fucking shirt off on this show. Maybe be concerned with that, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, we should tweet that at him. (laughs) Hey, just a friendly, just a friendly uh, suggestion, just something for you to consider, um, you know, quietly in your own home and maybe think about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what else? What else even happened on this? I mean, the only other thing I think I have where I need your take on it mm-hmm. is uh, why do you think we didn't get a rose ceremony this episode? Oh. Um... I think it's well in line with what they've been doing all season. I think they're mm-hmm. trying at almost at every turn, whether again, depending on how intentional it is or not, or just how it's like kind of progressed. I think they're just trying to send the message that this isn't like a normal season. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to frustrate us. They're trying to create anxiety, a sense of like tension, expectation, confusion, um, and trying to sort of use like engender that in us so that we watch and see what happens uh, if there's a rose cer- because if there's a rose ceremony and like people we don't know and care about and don't care about just go home again that's kind of a pretty bland way of ending this like already kind of weird and bland episode you yeah. know and again i think well i mean to bring it back to what you said at the top of the pod like they don't really 
so the way it's normally set up is like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to, I think my husband is here. Like I'm so excited about it or whatever. And that does really set up the idea of the rose ceremony at the end, because it's kind of an answer to that question. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. who, who is more, who do I feel like is maybe more like my husband or my future partner or whatever. And then you're sort of the answer to that is like, who gets roses and who isn't mm-hmm. are the people who leave. But if the question at the top is like, all about Dale and like, oh, I can't stop thinking about Dale. And it makes sense that the the last scene would be with Claire and Dale because that's what this is about. You know, that's what this episode is about, really. It's not really about who, she already knows who her husband is, you know? Yeah. It's, so it's about like, how is she going to, how long is she going to be able to keep her hands off him? And it's like, mm-hmm. I guess it like, you know, 90 minutes is how, you know? Yeah. I mean, first time I can remember where, we didn't get either a rose ceremony or a clearly teed up cliffhanger. Like mm. they pretty much just rely on the in the next episode preview to like make you want to come back yeah. in any kind of way. But I did think the lack of kind of like narrative explanation for no rose ceremony was like a first and I don't know, not as satisfying as it could have been. Yeah. Especially when we know the bachelor does a cliffhanger really well. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, tease me out. Let's do this, you know? Um, but it does make me think maybe next week is Claire's last episode. Hmm. I think um, I could see it. It's so hard to judge. Mm-hmm. That's also been sort of weird. And maybe intentional. Like, try and, like, because then if you know when she's, I don't know, I guess, like, maybe it, if they're trying to keep us, like, kind of in the dark about the timing of when these things are going to happen it would make sense that they're not super clear on when um when's going to be her last episode i i so i could definitely see it being next episode but i could also see her getting one more like if mm-hmm. there's a four episodes like they they like they tee it up like they, they could tee it up next at the end of the next episode it's like yeah. what's gonna happen like what's gonna happen here and then Maybe they do it in the fourth episode. Maybe. But without the preview, it's really kind of hard to say. Yeah. No, I actually think that makes sense. Because when I think about To Borrow Game of Roses terminology, like what love level they were like queuing mm-hmm. up this episode, Claire told Dale, I could see myself falling. Or I have feelings for you. Mm-hmm. And Dale told the producers, I could see myself falling for Claire. That's love level one or two. Yeah, it's like one and a half, I think. Yeah, so to your point, like we do need a step, right? Mm -hmm. Like they need to get to at least like, I think I love you or just flat out saying I love you. Yeah, I think they need to get there. Yeah. In order to make her speech at the end uh, that we've seen defensible, like, oh, I do it, like I'm following my heart and you can't blame me for that. Um, I think there needs to be like a declaration on both sides of of love because you can't stand in the way of that, you know? And, like, narratively, too, like, I don't think, like, I think they're going to have to do kind of a lot of explaining of, like, why it's Tasha that ended up there and also fucking how. Yeah. Given that it's, like, an impenetrable COVID bubble and they're presumably going to be trying to pass this off as, like, naturally occurring. <laughs> so I feel like there's... How the fuck are they going to do that? Jeez. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're going to need 20 or 30 minutes to just, like, tee up Tasha's night one. So it makes sense that we're going to get episode three of Claire and Dale build. Episode four is, like, our transition time. Hmm. And then it's Tasha on out. But she cannot show up soon enough. <laughs> I'm, like, ready for just some 
some regular batch. Yeah. I I I thought I remembered hearing that there was like a wedding or something or like some sort of event as as a oh. way of transitioning into as a way of like thinking, oh, how do we make it seem natural that Tasha is here? I think they have some sort of bachelor because there are a lot of like alum that like fly in and, the, and are like present there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it has something to do with they have some sort of coordinated event. And then from mm-hmm. there, they're like, oh, well, Tasha's here. And then they try and like just sort of surprise here she is. And maybe they have her mingle with the guys or something like that. And they're like, oh, Tasha is like really attractive and blah, blah, whatever. Um, that would be my guess. Yeah. Um, that that like that would be a good way to like get a take a breath and be like, oh, here are all these familiar faces that you love and like they're all doing fine and we're all, you know, remember all these people who like believe in this process and are p- giving pep talks to these men, maybe even, you yeah. know, like massaging the whole thing so that we all and the men feel like better about like sticking around or yeah. I don't know. But 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 I, I do I do also think that they need some time for that to 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 manage it in a way that doesn't look as haphazard and like weird um and i think we'll take more time with that than they have the, the last several episodes okay conspiracy time okay was every alum that we know of who went to la quinta in a relationship at the time that the episode filmed Besides Tasha, like Wells was there, he's engaged. Mm-hmm. Rachel was there, she's married. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Becca Kufrin went, but it might have been pre Garrett breakup because that didn't happen until the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And like Ashley Spivey in. was there. She's married. Is she, she's married. Jared. Oh, duh. <laughs> um, Wait, she's Spivey. Ash or I cannot. Oh, Spivey's her last name now. Oh. No, they're different. I think they're different. I cannot eat. Yeah. 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 And Jared were there. That's a yeah. couple. So like, okay, maybe, is there anyone else we know who was there? Uh, not that I can think of. Maybe. Demi, what, maybe. I'm sure Demi oh. was there. Well, but, yeah. Who, I don't know when she broke up with her boyfriend, but. I think she was in uh, a relationship. So like, maybe they bring in a bunch of alum and like Tasha just happens to be the only single one and they use that as the cover to play off. Like, now you're here, you're single, want to do it to try to make it look organic. Ooh, I think that's really smart. It's got to be that. I think that's the that. only way to make it make sense. That's, yeah. Because you're not going to invite a bunch of single alum there because then it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you choose Tasha out of everybody? Right. I mean, she's lovely, but yeah. Yeah, but like it's just you don't have to like you don't even have to you don't even have to deal with that if you only invite people who are in relationships. Exactly. Ooh, that's smart. <laughs> that's what oh, I would man. do. I, I, I find that I find that I'm sure uh, it's, it has to be that, right? Like it is, it, <laughs> there's no other explanation. It has to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm glad we were able to like start and end our discussion on conspiratorial notes yes absolutely um, you know what, what a fitting <laughs> what a, <laughs> that was such a fitting end i think um well i i again as i said like i started i actually started this podcast i like, think like feeling like not great about the season mm-hmm. but like after it i'm i'm like really fucking like pumped <laughs> about it you know i i just think it, it's becoming a more and more bizarre ridiculous like cultural like product and artifact as like the wigs go by and it's just sort of 
it's it's really a little thrilling in real time to watch this happen and be like, what the f- Oh, and again, a, a, a necessary reminder to us and all our listeners that there's no reason that this should be happening. It's not good. Um, it's objectionably sort of awful and bad and only the result of like fucking like greed uh, on the part of the producers <laughs> and production of the network. So let's just say that again, that like, while this is thrilling, it's, it's also like shitty that this is happening. Um, but again, so bracket that, that said, um, <laughs> and I guess we didn't like talk about how, like, I guess they're still like committed to easy as like a narrator. And I guess we can get into that next time since there's, you know, there'll be ample time to, to revisit the easy thing. Cause he's not going to fucking go away. Um, yeah and i think there weren't many developments on that this week i mean he was on bachelor happy hour which is mm -hmm. worrisome that they released the episode but um yeah yeah, they haven't scrubbed him so if anything it we it's something to pay attention to it's like at what point are they going to uh distance themselves from easy or are they have they decided that he is someone that they like enough that they're just gonna they're gonna like power through it and just ignore it given their track record on sexual assault i have a feeling of which one of those it's going to be and i don't feel great about it <laughs> me either uh and so you know eventually um look forward to us sort of uh exploring the ethical uh quandary of how to uh sort of approach easy on this show and uh, <laughs> as they continue probably to make it really difficult for us <laughs> Not well, easy at all. Not yet. <laughs> uh, oh, do you wanna do you wanna cleanse my palate with a weird watch? Um yes. I feel like my watches haven't been that weird lately. Um, mm. but here's a palate cleanser of the amazing race. You're back. Ah, uh, yeah. I Are need you to like get with the amazing race. I mean, we have discussed that we would be the ideal Amazing Race team. God, we'd be so fucking good at it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, we'd be so amazing at that show. And, like, not going to lie, I think they would cast us. I think they would, too. <laughs> <laughs> we have fantastic chemistry. Like, we're from an obscure place. That's we're adorable. True. That's true. <laughs> um, I think we would get their diversity quota. Like, how many, <laughs> how many of those are we hitting? Um, yeah. So something, yeah, something, something to uh, uh, maybe put on the, we were going to like send in a, like a package, right? Like a video <laughs> yeah. one. So, okay. uh, something to so put on the bucket list. We're going to have to like keep it on there. Um, yeah. You need to make me like, listeners, Dylan has been my like guy lately through Survivor. I'm like just getting into it. And you've just done an excellent job of like curating the picks. Like, oh, good. Where, where are you right now? Well, here's the problem is we started Kagayan, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm watching it with Emily and we accidentally read a spoiler that Tony won and mm. we fucking hate tony so fucking much that like we quit because we were like i can't watch this fucking clown win a million dollars <laughs> i appreciate that because i also hate tony uh, <sighs> i i think he's we need to we'll we, do, we need to spend some time unpacking this because i fucking detest tony I mean, his one redeeming quality is, like, admitting that, like, he's, like, swearing on my badge doesn't mean anything to me as a cop. And I was, like, glad to have one of you motherfuckers say it on camera, but. <laughs> he also, um, since you're not going to finish this, you should feel this, finish the season, maybe. But <sighs> if you're not, um, he does, at one point, swear on his father's life uh, that he won't betray uh, somebody. And then he does. And then in the final tribal, that person asks him, like, 
did it really mean anything for you to do that? Like, was that, does that, did that mean anything to you at all? And he says, no, it didn't. Oh, and the thing that's like not fun about it is it, it occurs at a time in survivor history where like the gameplay hasn't gotten that dirty yet. Mm -hmm. And immunity idols like exist and people kind of know how to play for them, but it's not nearly as sophisticated as like later seasons. Right. It's the kind of shit where like, I think if he came on later, people would be like, why should I trust you? But because like this level of bullshit hasn't existed in the game so far, like he slides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then they Uh, just think it's gameplay. They think, and it's only that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just dishonorable bullshit. Yep. But so I don't know. Maybe I'll finish it. The other thing is like, that's the season two where there was like the little nerdy guy. Like I like the nerd, the brain team. Mm-hmm. And there's that little guy who like Jeff Probst before it started, sent him a note saying he would never win. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, good old Spencer. Oh yeah. Like I like Spencer. So I could watch Spencer at least finish, but I don't know. We'll see. It's but anyway, only, yeah, only for like, I would only say finish it only because then second chances is a little bit more rewarding because there are so many Kageyan players on second chances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I totally feel you. Like I, if I knew what I knew now about Tony, I think I, it's like why I, I've only, it's hard for, I can't finish Kageyan like after a certain point. Cause I'm just like, I hate this dude so much. I hate how he like, he and Trish like target Cliff and I am like, God, they're just yeah. being fucking racist. Like it, it, yeah. it, like they're just obviously being racist and I just really find it annoying. Um, yeah. It's, well, and especially when like, I mean, Cliff is like probably the most delightful player I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. like, he's so nice. And like uh, he, well, anyway, yeah, it's just like extra hard. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And motherfucker is a police officer, which means he has a huge fucking pension that he's already going to be collecting from taxpayers until he fucking dies. Like, don't give that piece of shit a million dollars. Like, Cliff yeah. would have donated it. Tony would never. Right. Yeah. So, I'm so glad that you hate Tony. Oh, God. I, that feels like such like- relief. Because, like, you know, like, on Survivor Red, like, everybody just, like, they love Tony. They think he's such a great character. And, like, he's, you know what? Like, most Survivor fans are, like they i think they're it's 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 really interesting to watch them like like very intentionally try and like see these people as simply characters on their television screen and like divorce all sort of like uh all of like the sort of real world politics and values and shit or whatever that comes into it from that it's part of why they people mostly hate season 39 or was Mm -hmm. it yeah season 39 which I think is like actually fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, it's not a good season, but I do think what happens in it is really interesting. And that people hate it because kind of like when um, people don't want like politics in their sports, like it's the same thing. Like they don't want like real world bullshit, like in their, in their survivor and this like sport. And like, that's the way that a lot of people reacted to it. And I was like, okay, well there's maybe another way to like go about this. That's not so fucking childish and petulant, you know, but you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. What you want your pure fucking survivor game? Like, okay, fine. Enjoy. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that cop. Yep. Fuck it. Fuck them all. Well, oh, sorry. No. Oh. Bad signal is an anti-cop podcast, (laughs) or you can take it out. But (laughs) no, 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 we're (laughs) anti-cop. Yeah, my biases are pretty fucking clear at this point in my life. So no, that's fine with me. Yeah. (sighs) Well, 
if you guys want to tell us how much you love cops or <laughs> <laughs> maybe contribute any juicy breadcrumbs to our conspiracy theories, uh, hit us up on Gmail at thebatchsignal at gmail.com or like some of my semi-drunk tweets at batchsignal on Twitter. But yeah. uh, we'll be there next week to yeah. continue to torture slash excite ourselves. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Love you, Kate. <laughs> Love you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>